This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Welcome back, everyone, to episode four of Healing in Hindsight, and we are now in November, and November is National Diabetes Awareness Month, so I am really excited because I think it's important for us to continue to raise our voices and be loud about diabetes um, on all fronts and how it can affect people, and I think it's especially important right now simply because, uh, y'all, there's a whole country that doesn't have insulin. That's right. I'm talking about Iran. Um, And I know that there has been a lot of political things surrounding um, countries in the Middle East, but regardless of the political climate, no one should be without the medication that they need in order to literally live. So I'll link it in the show notes, any information that I have possible. But if you know anyone or, you know, have any resources for how we can raise our voices and get assistance to those in Iran who do not have insulin, Um, Let's do that. Let's combine ourselves as a community and really put ourselves out there to ensure that people everywhere, no matter what country, what background, what race they are, can get the help that they need. Um, It's insane that there is absolutely zero insulin in Iran and even more insane how expensive it is. So aside from that, I'm really excited about this first guest of the month. And I really felt called to have her be on the show simply because when it comes to navigating living as a diabetic and trying to still maintain a lifestyle that you know and are familiar with, it all starts in your head. And, you know, I feel like I've mentioned this before, um, especially in the last season, but when you're diagnosed, it can really take a toll on your mindset, on your spirit, on how you feel about things, because all that you kind of feel like is that the world is ending. I can't eat anything and I love to eat and I love to, you know, do fast food or dessert or whatever it may be. And now I can't anymore. And there's something about going through some form of suffering or, um, you know, having to deal with a really difficult obstacle that can be empowering if you let it. And so I really appreciated the conversation that I had with Michelle Saya, um, who is an empath coach, um, where she uses, you know, tools like tarot and birth chart readings to really help, f- help you like find your calling and apply your empathic abilities into your business. Um, and as a fellow empath myself, you know, I'm very in tune with people's emotions and feelings. I've always been, you know, really good at reading people. Um, and sometimes when somebody's going through it, I, I can't, it's like a magnet for me, you know, I can't ignore that. Um, and so learning how to set healthy boundaries and being able to channel those abilities, um, I think is important. And so, you know, one thing that she helps with that I respect a lot is when you go through some form of pain and suffering, how you can turn all of that energy, um, and emotion into a way to propel you forward, um, you know, into your best and optimal self. So Michelle and I sit down and have a great conversation about all kinds of things. I mean, we talk about religious backgrounds and, you know, societal programming and all of these things that can, you know, kind of take a toll on how you perceive the obstacles that you go through and how you go up against those challenges. And so I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, I enjoyed it. (laughs) So, uh, you know, thank you to Michelle for, you know, being so open and thoughtful in this conversation. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of great insight and just something to chew on uh, for later. So I won't hold you any longer. Let's get into it. Perfect. You are listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Daniel, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. 
I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglement, so. So let's do it. All right, cool. Well, hi, Michelle. Hi, Taylor. How are you doing? How are you? I'm doing doing good. I'm doing fantastic. Happy early Halloween. It's such a witchy uh, time of the year, and it's also Scorpio season, so I'm feeling all the intensity, and I'm super thrilled about it. I'm a huge Scorpio junkie, so... Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know a couple of Scorpios. Um, yeah. my, my best friend, she's like on the cusp. She's like a Sag Scorpio. Me too. She, cool. She tries to, yeah, she tries to deny her Scorpio side sometimes. <laughs> like it's there. Um, are you dressing up this year? I unfortunately am not. I'm going to actually facilitate a tarot class um, for Halloween, online nice. tarot class. So I'm super excited. It's actually going to be the first official tarot class that I'll ever be hosting. It used to be something that I just did with my girlfriends at their house with the bottle wine. And that was fun. Hey, so that, that's always a great bonus. <laughs> yeah. So how about you? What are you doing for Halloween? I don't know yet. There's been a couple ideas that's been thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am dressing up. Uh, my friend officially confirmed that he has everything that I need. I just I have a sword to go with it. Awesome. Just to hit there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was a little nervous that it wasn't going to happen. So I'm like, I didn't mm-hmm. really put in as much effort. Like, I love Halloween. I love cosplay. All yeah. of that. Like, if I have to dress up for it, I'm down. Like, I was Amazing. that kid in school. Yeah. And so um, it's one of my favorites. Um, but this year, I didn't really care about even it being like a pandemic kind of setup. It was mm-hmm. just like trying to uh take the time to plan everything out because I don't go half ass with costumes at all. <laughs> I love so that. I love that. It was just like, okay, do I have the room to do this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I might I might have to to do a, a miniature version. But yeah. Um I think we're gonna try to do something just because it's like something we've always done. Even if it's me prancing around the house in my costume, I'll totally do it. It's fine. Oh my gosh. That's I love fine. that. It's like go big or go home, right? Especially this right. year. It's just been so exhausting. Might as well just go all out. Have the time of your life. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, why can't every day be a costume day? I'm kind of right? feeling like that's what we're approaching. <laughs> if we're going to be at home anyways, like, I might as well have a theme yeah. every day. You know, I'm totally for that. I love that. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I hope your class goes well. Thank you so um, much. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really cool. you have to tell me how it goes. I and will. your next one is so I can, I can hang out with you Yes, guys. absolutely. So I'd love to kind of jump in and, you know, have everybody kind of get to know you a bit and who you are, um, what do you do, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of what your passions are. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Michelle Saya, and I'm an empath mindset coach. So I help intuitives and sensitive types cultivate their gifts, their inherent gifts that they were born with, set intuitive boundaries, and learn how to thrive in both their life and business. And I use it with a certain set of frameworks. So I incorporate birth charts, astrology aspects, tarot cards, just like we were talking about earlier. And we also talk about NLP, CBT, and shadow work. So all of these, it's integrated um, depending on the client's specific needs. And yeah, it's just been so much fun just hopping on this journey. And this has been also recent. Um, Spirituality hasn't always been a constant theme being on this conscious spiritual journey. It's just something that I came into like about the last five years. And, you know, Mm. fast forward to today, I'm just so blessed to have come into this purpose and this calling and just help serve and help people gain clarity and comfort in their lives. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Um, so with that, um, in the last season, I was asking people how 2020 has been treating them. And so yeah. I'm sure we can all agree to some degree, 2020 hasn't been our best friend. Oh boy. It's, it's been eye opening. Like 2020 mm. hasn't been all bad, but there's definitely a lot of, you know, shaking my head moments. It's <laughs> like, all right, win moments. So I, I want to be more optimistic because that's just who I am sure. and ask, 
Um, what are your goals for 2021 since we're like, yes, what, three months away now, almost three months away. It's crazy that this year just went right by. Um, but I love this question um, because a lot of people have asked me how this year has been. And so 2021, I do have a lot of goals, but the goals that I am setting for next year, it's very different from how I usually set goals. I, some of the goals, it's based off of a lot of feeling. It's less uh, ambitious driven. So what I mean by that is I'm actually goal setting to be out in nature a lot more. Like I miss being out in nature. Sometimes I get so absorbed in the work that I do. I love my work, but I yeah. also need to set enough time to kind of enjoy the slow living process of life and the organicness of life and allow inspiration serendipity moments to happen and when we live in such a society that's structured in structure if you will um (laughs) it does not allow for magic to happen and magic is to me in the form of inspiration and so that's a big goal being out in nature so i'm already starting to kind of meet this goal where I'm intentionally looking for hiking spots this fall to Mm. go out. Um, I love going for walks. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to now that I'm living in upstate New York. Because of Mm. this year, I moved from Brooklyn to upstate unexpectedly. But it's been a huge blessing. Mm. I, looking back now, wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so much more happier here. I feel much more in my element. And I think another goal is... I want to write a lot more, just like personal narrative writing, writing more about spiritual practices and really getting into that flow, because I think that allows me to cultivate my relationship with myself. Um, So those are two big main things. And making sure my mom sends me more uh, photos of our dogs and videos of our dogs, <laughs> making sure her ratio of sending me these dog videos goes up in 2021 because they live in California on the other side of the country. And mm. there's something about animals, like especially ones that I've bonded with that I, there's this kinship there and there's this comfort mm-hmm. that just takes you to another level, especially uh, with me being an empath, I feel mm-hmm. deeply connected with my pets. Um, so even being far away, like in this long distance relationship that I have with my dogs at four back at home. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like next year I've been like bugging my boyfriend, like once a week, I'm like, can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to get a dog next year, but if that can be a goal, that would be a really nice goal to have. So we'll see. Those are some of my you know, goals. Yeah. There are two here that if you ever want to just borrow them, oh my especially gosh. my oldest, you know, yes. she she needs, she loves all of the attention in the world. I love that. And I'm sure she'd be glad to yes. meet that goal for you. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little bit of a break. I'm a cuddle <laughs> monster. I love, I love sitting on the couch, binge watching my favorite TV shows and movies with like a dog and like giving them pets, plenty of pets, you know, sneaking in a yeah. potato chip maybe here or there if they're super, super good that day. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm like, I just love spoiling dogs, sometimes a little too much. But I think my mom just officially took the cake with spoiling dogs. And I kind of have to play bad cop now. The dynamic has changed. Yeah. And I, yeah. <laughs> I can't complain. I'm just so blessed to have those four dogs in our lives. They bring so much happiness. Yeah. 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 Same, same with my partner. Like every time that we're walking somewhere, I see dogs. It's just like, let's go steal that dog. Let's just go steal that dog. Like, like, it's fine. Like they're not even paying attention. And he's just like, can you stop? Like we're going to go to jail if you keep openly speaking out loud that I you're going to steal it. people's dogs. I'm the same. <laughs> so I'm exactly totally the same. You. Exactly the same. Yeah. If I could have a big ranch which I already want in general, just like just a lot of land. Oh my God. Just like as many dogs as I could stand. I, I would do that. Those are goals. I'm, I'm probably going to do that. Those yeah. are the right <laughs> goals to achieve for 2021, especially with everything that's been going on. Like, yeah, the goals are now surrounded in comfort, you know, mm-hmm. not, not based in uh, ego necessarily. Yeah. And I love it because all my life I've just kind of followed society's standards on what is expected of me in terms of setting goals 
And I'm so used to that mode of thinking. And now it's like my own challenge to myself to just rest, feel nourished and just be at peace and be like freaking happy. So same, same, especially like these past two weeks for me, I've been getting a lot of um, just subtle messaging that like, you need to slow down, Mm -hmm. you need to to refine what your self care means, because um, I actually saw a quote earlier today when I was scrolling through Instagram where they were like, you know, make sure that you're adjusting your self-care mm-hmm. as you go because what you were doing, you know, maybe two, three years ago may not align with you now. And that's been a lot of the messaging that I was getting when I did my first reading for myself. Yeah. Same thing. Like you're, you're good. Yeah. But slow down before mm-hmm. you burn yourself out and it'll all work out. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> we're just, we're just getting started and we're diving deep already. That's yeah. fine. You yeah. know? So it's um, 20, 2020 has definitely been one big take care of yourself message, I feel, and mm-hmm. slow down um, with whether it's been by force, you know, of, of having to quarantine and things like that. And, you know, recognizing how much we don't spend enough time with ourselves um, and catering to ourselves because we put that energy everywhere else. So yeah, I'm all for that. Definitely being more in nature too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in Austin. And so Austin is the outdoor town and I've never really been like an outdoorsy person. Not mm-hmm. that I'm against it. It was just like, I'm in Texas, so we sit outside and we sweat for no reason. And it's not fun for me. <laughs> so, you know, but now, especially with the dogs, and they have a lot more like off leash parks, like it's really nice to just yeah. go and like walk through the woods. And I remember a couple months ago, me and my partner went and it was the perfect day. The weather was nice, mm. um, it was breezy. And the the park that we picked in South Austin, it was like it's almost like it was supposed to be in a fairy movie or something. Like it was just the sun was kind of flowing cool. through the trees. And um there was one point where I just started like walking randomly in between the trees and I'm just like, I'm just gonna stand here. Yeah. Because geez, how how often have I actually just stopped and like took in my scenery? It was mm-hmm. great. So I'm all for that. So I really wanna dive in into what made you you know, I know you touched on a tiny bit, but now I want to dig a little bit more sure. about what made you get into empathic and mindset coaching. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know that we've talked previously and you have a, an ancestral background mm-hmm. um, and I'd love to hear about that and really understanding what was that turning point of like, this is what I really need to be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful question. So my ancestry, I come from a family bloodline of shamans. Um, however, what's funny is my grandmother's generation from both sides of my family, my bloodline mm-hmm. of shamanic ancestry comes from both my mom and dad's side. And yet my, both my mom and dad, um, and my grandmother from my mom's side, they were so against anything relating to the spiritual world. They kind of, mm-hmm. when they raised us, um, me and my two brothers, they were like, yeah, you guys are just going to you know, focus purely on the physical reality. You're going to be doctors, lawyers, accountants, Mm -hmm. fine. Like just go that pathway and don't think about the rest. Like if you have prophetic dreams, ignore them. If you hear messages, ignore them. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's ironic because although they're scared of their bloodline, they tend to, at certain pivotal points in their lives, consult with shaman, their shaman friends, Mm. yet even though they don't cultivate their own gifts. And so um, in terms of my cousins, um, when it comes to our shamanic bloodline, all of the women in the family from my generation were born with these intuitive gifts where they have these dreams Um, We have a really close relationship with our ancestors and spirit guides. They tend to come Mm -hmm. to us through our dreams. And so there's been really weird situations as kids where I've warned my family and my parents. I was like, oh, be careful this week. There's going to be a car accident or something or this. And it happens. It it, always happens. Um, However, they kind of like killed that intuitive side by really putting me through structure, structure, strict discipline. And so I kind of lost it as a kid and almost like really forgot about it. So moving into middle school, high school, they pushed me really hard to the point of burnout. I just Mm -hmm. turned into a complete workaholic. And um, it wasn't until I worked in corporate, this was about five, six years ago, 
And it's crazy because five, six years ago doesn't seem too long ago, but it feels like a different lifetime. Like I don't recognize that person anymore. Um, yeah, like I built a life on autopilot based off of my parents' wishes, not guided on any sort of spiritual path. I was fearful of it because they taught me to be really fearful of it. And at the time I was also in a relationship where they were strict about, uh, Catholics and Mm. every single time I passed like a tarot shop, I couldn't help but like look back. And up until then, like I've never practiced tarot before. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen people do it, but my, you know, the people around me told me, you know, this is all bad stuff. Like you can't do this. And they put a lot of fear in me. So I was too afraid to like uncover it. Um, so at my workplace five, six years ago, went through a really traumatic event. I was held at gunpoint, lost someone, um, during this shooting incident. And I went kind of blank. Like it's, it's as if someone kind of switched switched a light in me where I I could see something that felt quite like my perception of the world changed. I started realizing Mm -hmm. everything that I built, I couldn't identify or attach myself to it anymore. It just all of a sudden felt misaligned and I felt like I woke up. And so at that time it was very destabilizing. I got really depressed, had a complete existential crisis meltdown um, and just gave up everything. I quit my job. I quit the relationship. I quit my friendships at the time because it was built on a a false identity that I built on a career path that I didn't even even want. I cultivated a personality that was very high functioning, very aggressive, and very competitive too, because that was what I was Mm. taught. So the friends that I attracted were just like that. And it was a very unhealthy, toxic situation. So sold everything I owned just up and left after that happened in about a month, just my Mm, whole life derailed. And I took a trip to Bali for about a month after that. I just went straight to Bali. I went to my, I went on my own eat, pray, love journey. Went on my first solo trip. You should. It's, Oh my God. Even if it's somewhere else, I recommend Bali, but just having a solo trip, where it has this undertone of like serendipity and it's like, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm, I'm ready for it. Kind of like yeah. not holding an itinerary you just kind of go for it and show up. I find that to be extremely cathartic and inspiring. So that's what I did. And at that time when I did that, it was really terrifying because I'm a planner. I like structure. I was taught to like structure. So it was really scary, but also the most liberating time of my life. And that's when the, that opened the door to me feeling really connected with not only my ancestors, um, but my intuitive gifts. It kind of like opened the door, but it was very unhinged. I was so scared. Like it was kind of like a flood of like yeah. intuitive messages and like nagging feelings. And I became so sensitive. Like I could like, sense what people were thinking and feeling and it freaked me out like I did not know how to set boundaries um and so I was just like I just felt chaotic and so that was the beginning of this five-year journey where I had to learn how to walk and run and thrive being awakened and being conscious that I'm on the spiritual path and so fast forward to today I just I'm so blessed to be in this situation. And what happened back then that was extremely traumatic was just such a transformative opportunity for me to kind of be born into almost a completely different life, like one that I just do not recognize. Um, So my parents, they don't really know quite what I do. Uh, (laughs) And it's okay. I think they have an inkling and I think there's a part of them that's accepted the fact that there's no way they can close the connection that I have with my ancestors. And they kind of gave up on that. They they just kind of let it be now. Um, I think they just got tired, you know, they got tired (laughs) because I was just like, the faith just started coming in. I became more confident 
in knowing that the universe was taking care of me as long as I yeah. showed up and that I was authentic and I tapped into what I really wanted from a soul level. And because of that, they saw me much happier, much less stressed out, less depressed. Um, yeah. And I think ultimately my parents just wanted me to be happy and they were all dealing with their own wounding as children. Mm-hmm. And so I also did a lot of forgiving uh, with my parents that didn't come easy, but it set me free. So yeah. that's that's a bit of how I finally arrived to this point today. Wow. It's crazy how beautiful chaos is and what it brings out of you. I mean, I know they say all types of things, yeah. you know, pressure makes diamonds and things like that. But I think um, when you when you don't connect with those analogies so easily because I'm like, I'm not making diamonds or, you know, trying to get <laughs> yeah. pearls or something like that. You know, it's, it's hard to really understand that, you know, those moments where you feel cut deep or like mm-hmm. things are just really roughing you up is really just polishing you and helping you find where you're supposed to actually be. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely a believer, you know, that the universe sets you up in situations mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, this sucks 100%. Like, no doubt that this sucks, but how did you come out of that? And if yeah. you came out of that and you're so much stronger and you're more confident and you're able to really just own who you are in that, then was it really that bad? You know? And, and I think that, um, I, I always have to look back at the things that I face of like, I thought the world was just going to end. Nothing <laughs> can make it right. Like, but it taught me like this hustle mentality of like, okay, you, you don't really have time to sit here and wait, you know, um, my mom was definitely not someone where like, if I, uh, I remember <laughs> I got a stomach ache one time and I'm laying on the floor, like, mom, yeah. mom. like, I, like, I just wanted her to come nurture me. And she brought me a bottle of Pepto-Bismol mm. with a straw set on the floor and was like, all right, let me know when you get, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just, it just wasn't one of these things where it's yeah. just like, it's time to sit here and baby you like, mm you know, it built this philosophy in me of like, all right, you got 2.5 seconds to cry. And after you do that, then what, what's your plan? Like, like, there's no time to to kind of wallow. But I think that soul searching kind of journey is what helps bring you into, okay, I'm understanding, you know, who I am and kind of that turning inward. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious to know, like, as you're, you're moving through, you know, these traumatic events and experiences, like, what challenges did you face in trying to shift your mindset mm. into being open to or, or reopen to your gifts essentially and like stepping into your true power of who you are? Sure. So I love this question. And it's interesting that I'm just realizing that this is the first time anyone has asked me such a nuanced question. And to answer it, one of the biggest things that I noticed that came in the form of a spiritual test is how deep is your commitment to your journey? Um, to step into your calling. And what that shows up as is people will enter your life to test that faith. Um, People will poke holes at it. They will test your imposter syndrome level, um, say things in deliberate disagreement, not to evoke a stimulating conversation, but to kind of put your energy at a level where you uh, invite self-doubt. And that can be a very uh, scary and uh, debilitating feeling, especially when you're just getting started on the journey. And so one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn is really setting strong, intuitive boundaries and learning how to lovingly let people go. Yeah. Letting people go in a form of stoicism it's, it's, you have to almost be ironically objective. It's like, okay, if you know you have to reach this calling, and in order for you to reach this calling, there are certain attributes that you need to surround yourself with to cultivate that. You're going to be dragging your feet in the mud if you have such baggage of people that are pulling you back from where you want right. to go. So the simple answer is just let them go. And If you're not in a capacity in your life situation where you can physically let them go, like let's say you live in a household with family members and whatnot, there are energetic practices and ways where you let them go. So I do this exercise in the shower where when I, you know, am in the shower, I imagine 
the water from the shower washing down the heaviness of all the energy of other people's opinions, other people's thoughts and emotions that I've accumulated throughout the day. It's like taking out the thought trash, taking out the emotional trash. And when I meditate, it's just a form of meditation. When I do that, I feel much lighter. And just having a consistent practice when you're doing that every day, just like you're brushing your teeth, I find Mm -hmm. that to be as important as the physical reality habits, manifestations that we do, like combing our hair, taking a shower, brushing our teeth. It's also the energy that we keep and the intuitive Mm -hmm. boundaries that we set. We have to put that as equal weight as like exercising going for walks, meeting our steps, eating three meals a day, what have you not. So that was one of the biggest challenges that I've had to overcome just even recently, because with this year, I see this year as the big spiritual mandate. Every single Mm. thing that you've kind of been like hiding and in denial of, or just saving it for later, it's all coming out right now to rear its ugly head so you can confront it. Like you have to confront it. And so the chaos of this year came in the form of a lot of communication conflicts or misalignment in values in life, which is okay. Yeah. There's a beauty in chaos in which you now know if now's not the time to let them go, when is it? Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm curious, like, so talking about societal views, like how did you navigate Especially because uh, I know we, we talked about this previously, yeah. but like the, the religion and faith aspect of it, because, you know, it's definitely um, uh, 2020 has definitely challenged faith in a lot of ways, you know, and I think we've seen it with other kind of, you know, global or, you know, um, uh, the World Trade Center came to mind of like you know, these big, huge events that kind of rattle our entire society, our nation or even the world in lights of, of a pandemic. Yeah. And how we lean into our faith or religions in helping to support that. But when you're walking down your own spiritual path, sometimes it deviates from that because it's it's not necessarily the thing that suits you in that moment. So I'm just curious as to, as you're kind of, you know, pulling the thread on your own spiritual journey and coming back to it, essentially, like, what were those challenges that you faced and how you navigated around, you know, societal or religious beliefs? that didn't necessarily align with what your walk was meant to be. Sure. So one of the biggest things that I've noticed, and I will, I'll be very honest, when this first happened a couple years ago, when I was just starting on being consciously aware of my spiritual Mm -hmm. journey, I had a lot of resentment towards people that has casted judgment on the fact that I didn't follow a structured dogmatic religion or Mm -hmm. I wasn't with the church. Um, And it's interesting because I grew up in a very religious community. Although my Mm -hmm. parents were not necessarily religious, my dad grew up Christian. He was in a Christian missionary Mm -hmm. school, and my mom was Buddhist. They didn't push religion too hard on uh, my brothers and I. However, Mm -hmm. the community that we lived in there were a lot of hardcore Christian and Catholics. And so Mm -hmm. my friends and the people that were just around us really shaped the amount of fear that I had in fully expressing myself. And one thing that I noticed that's been a consistent pattern of insight is when someone goes through a turmoil in their life or a crisis or a huge event happens, traumatic Mm -hmm. event that happens, Uh, one of two things can happen. Um, Either they lean extremely close to their faith, their religious faith, or it becomes a codependent relationship. Like it's by the book, line by line. And that's when it can get extremely dangerous. Because Mm. I truly believe that when you come into this world, you should truly question everything. And you should not just put what you see in front of you that's physical on a pedestal. You should also Mm -hmm. consider what your intuition is telling you. Just because something is uh, not physical and it's something that we can't see doesn't mean that it Mm -hmm. does not exist. Who in society told us that existence only lies in what we can touch and what we can see and what it can be proven. And so, but the irony in that is like someone created like the Bible, right? And Mm -hmm. 
I studied the Bible. I studied, I, I chose a entire semester in college when I was in New York, just studying the Bible because I was so fascinated by it. Like I love mm-hmm. storytelling. And so I saw it more as a storytelling aspect where I could learn lessons um, and moral like themes about it on just yeah. understanding humanity as a whole. So I find a lot of value in spiritual texts and religious texts, but some people, they take it onto an extreme step where yeah. they put guilt and they come towards you in a almost self-righteous way where it's like, if you don't follow this scripture, if you don't follow this part of the book, then you have sinned and therefore you will just this will be the consequence. Mm -hmm. And it's just so damning Mm -hmm. and so limiting. And my feeling of what I believe like God and consciousness to be is it's supposed to be freeing. It's supposed to be liberating. It's supposed to bombard you with so much love. You are in Mm -hmm. awe of it. And anything that makes your body and your mind feel restricted to me, doesn't feel like I'm being closer to God or the divine or consciousness. And so when someone encounters a crisis, either they lean really close to it and become so codependent or they completely leave it more often than not. And so that's something that's really fascinating. And people are presented with choices. Everyone has free will. And so that's part of the reason why I do the work that I do, because I truly find value in having people build up their courage muscle and tapping mm-hmm. into their intuition. And I think people inherently do have the desire. They've just been so beaten down by fear and yeah. structure and like just diving into yourself and knowing yourself and coming home to what aligns with you on a soul level should feel mm-hmm. more fluid, should feel more abundant. It shouldn't feel that constricting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that a lot because you know, I, I too grew up in uh, a Christian household. I wouldn't say it was strict. Um, I think my parents really just wanted to do the best that they could in helping me understand the enlightenment that mm-hmm. they felt when they came into their faith. And like that same liberating aspect that they felt when they really like connected with the divine and everything that they, you know, were able to receive and blessings of that. But it came off strict Mm. because from my perspective, it was just like, you're just telling me to follow this thing or like, I got in trouble. Now I have to memorize a scripture. All right, cool. How is this really helping me discover my own path and my own walk and spirituality? But as I've gotten older, that's where I've started to see those lessons like actually pick up um, and make sense because, you know, in a way it was teaching me, like you said, choice Mm -hmm. of how do I want to go about this situation? And my dad, you know, constantly quotes the Bible to me, but never, it was never in a way that felt condemning. Mm -hmm. It was more in a way of like, like, I don't want to say riddle. Riddle is not the right word. Like playful poetry, almost in a way of like, you know, like you said, it's, it's a story. It's a, you know, um, uh, we do it with quotes all the time on, on social media of like, Mm -hmm. here's this profound thing that's been said what do you take away from that, you know? And so that led me to a deeper appreciation for the Bible in a sense of, um, my partner says it best, um, principles. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's very deep principles in it that can apply to anybody. And it's all about how you take that and how you utilize that to propel you forward. Um, I actually have one of the the scriptures that my dad used to tell me, my sister all the time, tattooed right here in the middle of my arm. Um, and it was basically just saying like, you know, and all by getting, get understanding. And mm-hmm. he drilled in us, don't ever walk into a situation and not understand what the situation is that you're in. At the point that you don't understand something, that's when you need to. That's where the wisdom is, is learning to assess and be able to see your environment and know that you are comfortable in it because you understand what's happening. He Beautiful. used to say, um, you know, whenever you're sitting in a crowd and you want to learn about somebody, just yeah. sit back and be quiet. Yeah. You'll learn everything you need to know. And and a lot of that um, I'm grateful for because, you know, I definitely understand a lot of people did not have that kind of freedom <laughs> in a way where like, I'm, you know, he says, I'm going to say this here and you're going to take it or put it on the shelf, you know, yeah. and I appreciate that so much because that's what's led me to my own path, even though it's not the same as what my parents follow. It's still very much in line of like, 
I'm consciously thinking through and making the choices. Yeah. And that's what's had me re-explore things like tarot and readings and stuff like that because you know, I, I I did grow up with a lot of sense of, I'll use Harry Potter, for example, <laughs> where it was, it's witchcraft, it's terrible, you know, like, you know, they hid it from me, they didn't want me reading it and all that stuff like that. And it was like a childhood misunderstanding because they're like, hey, we found bottles under your sink and there was mixing stuff. So but every funny. morning before, yeah, before I went to school, I would watch Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah. And I was so fascinated by the beakers and I didn't know it was dry ice and water with the smoke. I'm like, I'm going to be a scientist. Yeah. And they thought that I was practicing witchcraft. I'm like, oh, no, no, that wasn't it. I was trying to be a scientist. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, just, it's literally chemistry for your thoughts. It's a form, right. it's chemistry and then it's chemistry of the non-physical, but it's essentially right. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, diving deeper into the history of things that, you know, were deemed witchcraft. And even my partner was saying like, you know, it's interesting how you get nervous about that because of that built in fear Mm -hmm. that I was raised on, not necessarily through my parents, some of it through them, but through society as well. The more community collective saying all like, you know, remember when Pokemon came out? (laughs) It's the devil. And I'm like, yeah, my youth church was like, it's there. It literally means like demons. And I'm like, it's just a kid show. We just want like, I, you know, and, and so, and yeah. recognizing like now my parents, they watch the entire Harry Potter series, <laughs> like all of that. I remember I came home and I was just like, it was on the TV and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Like, really? <laughs> like, you got to be there all that. It's oh, hilarious. Man. But, you know, I had to learn, you know, they make mistakes too. And what they thought that they were doing and protecting me um, was what they thought that they should do versus really opening up the conversation of, you know, what does this mean? Um, I remember what was a uh, Halloween town, the Disney yeah, movie. Oh my God. I love and that movie. And at the very, very end when they're chanting or whatever, <laughs> trying to, and my dad's like, who do you think that they're chanting to? And I'm like, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just trying to enjoy the movie. Yeah. Like I really, like, I like, you know, and I think it's nice when your parents finally realize like, you know what? she's not out here doing nothing crazy. Yeah, <laughs> She's really not. Like, I'm not out here trying to conjure things. I'm not out here trying to cast spells. No, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to turn inward on self yeah. and utilize tools. And I think you told me best about, about the, the terror situations. Like, it's a tool. It's yeah. not an end-all be-all. And people have distorted tools into being things that are imaginary honestly of like hey that's not what this was for like, it started out as a card game on top yeah. of that. it's just like how did y'all take a card game and say it's all right you know so it's just like <laughs> yeah that that mob mentality of like here's this thing we don't understand so now we're gonna deem it you know evil and call it a day and you know i know we uh offline yeah. we had talked about like the salem witch trials and yes. all of these things yes. where it's just like nobody took this even science science was the devil at one point oh yeah how <laughs> you it's know re-emerging so. nowadays too like the trend it, it's like it's a trend just like you see in fashion mm-hmm. like people are now trending the idea that science is back to devil work and i'm like mm-hmm. that makes me feel better about my tarot cards because if you condemn my tarot cards and you condemn science like what's the menu for next week you know right like right. you kind of have a playfulness about it now because you understand that part of the human condition is people condemn things that they're just afraid of that they don't fully understand and so knowledge and awareness and the willingness to uncover and seek the truth it's a beautiful thing um yeah that wisdom allows us to make more conscious choices rooted in empowerment not based off of fear yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that even keeping that open mind like you know, every time that I, I, you know, play, like I did a reading this morning for myself, but I pray every time yeah, because I recognize that, yes, there are people out there who take these same tools and truly use it for yes, the wrong things. That is true. And so it's up to me though, to protect my energy and to protect my spirit versus expect that someone else is going to do it for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just how it's up to me to ensure that whatever I feed myself is going to ensure that, you know, my numbers as a diabetic are going to be right. Like I can't blame it on anybody else. And so I think that's the part that we're, in my opinion, starting to come to is like, okay, I can't blame society as much just because there's collective thought on one, on one thing. I need to still be an individual thinker and make sure I'm doing the work myself to understand what's going on instead of just being like, Oh, okay. That's what they said. Cool. Yeah. Let's go with that. You know? And, and I think that's the real thing that we're starting to finally come into because you just see history of 
just mass i refuse to use my own brain mm-hmm. somebody in you know said that this is it i respect them i trust them whatever versus there's plenty of people that i love and respect and hold high regard for does not mean i'm not gonna go back check what they say yeah you it's, should always do that exactly no matter, you know who it is you know i absolutely agree so that leads me mm-hmm. yeah so speaking of tools and resources and things like that mm-hmm. um I really would love to hear more about how birth chart readings and, and tarot can help us to navigate a lot of these obstacles yes. um, that we face when we're trying to be our best selves, like especially as a diabetic. And for those diabetics out there, like one of the biggest overwhelming things that we're feeling is I've been diagnosed mm. and I don't know what to do. And I, I have to like uproot my entire life and, you know, try to figure out just how to exist, yeah. you know, with knowing that I have this illness, but is it the end of the world? Like, how do I turn it on its head? And I know for me, it starts up here. Yeah. And if I don't get it up here, it's not going to happen here and it's not going to happen anywhere else. And so how do you use these tools to change your mindset and to change your heart, to be able to open yourself up to yourself, essentially? Absolutely. That's a beautiful question. So the short version is it allows us to remove polarizing thoughts that we have in our head and see our situation as more of a landscape. A story. Mm. Um, the situations that makes us have a certain belief, depending on our outcomes, whether we have a diagnosis that we don't like to hear, or something happened in our life that is traumatizing. And because mm. of this accumulation of thoughts and shared experiences and what people tell us, and the natural inclination based off of our birth chart, um, the birth chart basically tells you what you're more inclined to do in certain aspects of your life. So it can tell you about what your personality is like in your relationship. How do you show up? We have different levels of identities. What are people's first impressions of us? And if you want to go down 10 layers deep and you're talking about different houses and birth chart, different aspects, you can even talk about, you know, what are your relationship dynamics with certain people? And the result Mm -hmm. of the current you know, way you're showing up in your personality is due to a wound that you have with your mom, with your father, and if you want to get real deep, even with past lives. So the mm. birth chart, they do talk about reincarnation, past life. What lessons, life lessons have we been assigned in this lifetime based off of the previous lifetime on what we've overcome, achieved, or have yet to fully master? So now we are presented with new situations in the form of people and experiences that allows us to heal those wounds that we've accumulated. So the birth chart can do that. Um, It can get very specific. It can also talk to you in a very holistic way on forming a cool business strategy that's aligned with what you are inclined to do, that's aligned with your authenticity. And there is a placement in the birth chart called Chiron, and it's the wound that we've been assigned in this lifetime. Mm. And this is something that I bring up in my framework when I coach my clients, because oftentimes it's extremely accurate. Like people are really surprised by it. And the thing with this aspect is if you can cultivate it and you can heal it and bring it to light, it can actually Mm -hmm. be your greatest strength. And part of the life purpose that we have in the birth chart framework is to turn what we define as our Achilles heel or weakness How do we cultivate Mm -hmm. it and how do we turn it into a superpower so that we could become more aligned with ourselves and it removes the imposter syndrome. A lot Mm -hmm. of the people that come to me have extreme imposter syndrome. They're feeling a little lost. So this can be a very healing process, deep healing process for them. When we go through the birth chart, there are certain questions that may come up that gets very specific and that's very natural. And that's when we turn into the tarot cards. And the tarot cards, like we both mentioned, is a spiritual tool. It allows you to hold up the mirror to yourself that's deep within the psyche. People that are too afraid or haven't had the opportunity to exercise their intuitive muscle based off of the programming of what they've learned in their environment, what people have taught them, the tarot cards allows you to kind of be childlike, imaginative, take you back to your eight-year-old, 10-year-old self, where you tell Mm -hmm. stories, things that you know, you've experienced when you were a child or tough times in your life, whether you've, you know, been brokenhearted by a relationship, 
you see it projected out in a safe way through the cards that you're reading. The cards may have meanings, but you also give meanings to the cards. And so based right. off of that, it's a safe way for you to heal. It's kind of like your diary entry through imagery. That's what I see right. tarot cards as. Do people, can people use it in a witchier way where they set intentions and cast spells? I personally haven't seen that. Tarot is just a way of reading. But again, it depends on the individual. Like, make sure just like when you're choosing out the right, you know, car dealership or finding the right insurance agent, make sure you're Mm -hmm. going to the tarot reader that you can trust that has the right intention. It's all about the intention that you set. You can use tarot as a weapon or can use it to save your life. You can use a car to save your wife's baby if like she had a early uh, you know, pregnancy and you need to rush her to the hospital, or you mm-hmm. can drunk drive in a car and kill someone. Like everything right. can be used both as a tool and as a weapon, depending on what your intention is. So that's basically how I incorporate birth chart and tarot to not only provide comfort for people that are going through really hard times. They're going through a spiritual existential crisis, but provide them clarity on what the next step is. And this is very co-collaborative. They usually uncover the answers themselves just by allowing themselves to tune in and hear themselves, their intuitive side for the first time. Yeah, I think that's something that was interesting when I had my first um, my first chart reading and then my first tarot reading. Um all within the span of this year. That's what I said. 2020 hasn't been too terrible because I, <laughs> yeah. I took chances on things that, I, you know, you asked mm-hmm. me years ago to be like, no, like, if I heard reading, yeah. I'm like, nope, keep it out, you know, because I didn't, I just leaned heavily into that codependent relationship of like, mm-hmm. this is what somebody told me. That's what it is. Like I'm out versus let me learn. Let me talk to people. Let me, you know, see what their experiences have been. And my sister honestly was a really big, um, safe space for me to ask those questions yeah. and to to do those things because um I was very nervous because I had that that community fear of like everything is witchcraft everything is the devil oh my god and I'm just like okay it can't possibly be otherwise we would not be existing right now like we would all be holed up somewhere in a in a bunker because yeah. if that were the case everything you know my the phone in my hand is probably considered witchcraft to somebody you know what I mean so it's just yeah. like okay she's my sister I know she would never you know uh, share or guide me in something that is meant for intentional harm. And again, she still told me like, still do your own research, still protect yourself, but here's what I've done. And then, you know, my close circle of friends, um, you know, they've uh, gone as far as like, you know, talk to mediums and things like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in asking somebody to tell me my future. I'd rather just kind of like forge it on my own. I do believe that there is a set path and that the universe can already see that, but it's more fun to discover it for myself, you know? Absolutely. So I, I was never interested in that, but it was still interesting to learn, like, how does my personality shape who I am and what I'm going to do later? Um, Cause me and my dad will trade like personality tests all the time. Like the, the color test, the Myers-Briggs, yeah. um, the Clifton Gallup. We did that one recently. And like, compared, cool. like we love that stuff. Yeah. Right. So when I finally did my uh, astrology reading, um, it was like you said, a, a lot of stuff didn't surprise me. And it was stuff that I already came into my own conclusion about and I discovered for myself. And I never said anything until after, you mm-hmm. know, because they always joked about like, oh, you can't go to anybody who can do readings because they're just going to tell you what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. But I went in it was still with an open mind and, you know, my illness came up mm-hmm. in my chart, you know, and that like whatever work I'm supposed to do, you know, seems to be rooted, you know, in some kind of medicine like field. And I'm like, that's areas like <laughs> do you want to know what my current setup is right now yeah you know and then when I moved into tarot um and had my reading you know gifted to me same thing you know there were things that I had not said a peep about and it was just really cool to like see you know one of course you, you still have to kind of what is it that you're trying to focus on mm-hmm. otherwise you're just throwing anything out there but even to hear and understand like how my reading came about and how it spoke to not only me, but like the people around me, like my partner came up in my reading yeah, and it was so accurate and it was just validation. Like nothing that was said was something that was like really brand new to me. It was just surprising. Cause I'm like, how'd you know that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but aside mm-hmm. from that, it was just like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's all that I really just needed was the validation that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And if you can see it and I don't know you from Adam, 
then that means I'm doing something right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That means that I'm I'm really walking in in myself, um, and I'm able to uh, feel good knowing that you know, like I'm not someone where like every day I want a reading. Like no, <laughs> that that you know, I just like every now and then it's like I'm stuck. Yeah. What what do I you know? How do I kind of uh, navigate that? Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, you know, nothing related to to the diabetes at all. But I just want to know: Do you have a favorite deck that you use? Like, do you oh have a collection gosh. of decks? Or like- yes, I do have a collection of decks. So, but the Rider Waite deck—it's a classic deck that I always turn towards to when I want to get serious. If it's something that's more, it's a serious probing question, and I need to do some deep work on it, and it might bring mm-hmm. up uncomfortable feelings. I go with the classic Rider Waite. If it's more of like a check in, um, and it's the deck that I use with clients, especially first timers, you know, um, they are going through something that's really heavy and I want to provide mm-hmm. them comfort. I'm still going to lay out the truth with them, but the imagery is way softer. It's more feminine mm-hmm. um, and it's more tender. So it's like there's a way where you can deliver the truth and the message where mm-hmm. you can provide comfort for people, but still tell them the truth. So for that, I use a Moonchild Tarot um, by Danielle Noel. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. deck of cards. So if you want more beautiful, feminine, mystical imagery, I would go with that. And then I do, I do love using the Animal Spirit Oracle deck. To, I came very close to getting that one. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> I'm super – that helps me tap into my sh- more shamanic animism side because I do very mm-hmm. – I do connect – deeply to animals and so Mm -hmm. that i'm really connected to that oracle deck as well awesome you ever you ever think about making your own oracle deck yes oh my god i love that question i was just like talking to my boyfriend i was like bothering me i was like i'm gonna make my own oracle deck i'm gonna make my own oracle deck he's like okay just do it already just do it yeah yeah Yeah. i just love the the artwork i think that's what drew me to tarot first it wasn't even about what it's used for it was just the imagery that I saw. And I'm just like, you know, when I was still really nervous about it, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, am I a bad person if I just buy the cards and like frame it or something? Like, is that still me? <laughs> because just like yeah. you see these gorgeous, you know, uh, decks cool. and, and having no clue about any of it, it's just like, but it's so pretty, you know? Like, it's healing to art. look at art. And so why is yeah. it not healing to look at tarot art? It's essentially art. You just put it on your wall. Um, right. It's interesting that you brought that up because I'm creating a framework called the Empath Archetype. Which Empath Archetype are you? And it's based off of different goddess type energy, um, mm-hmm. based off of the birth chart framework. And so it would be so cool. And I know it's going to take some time for me, but it'd be mm-hmm. so cool to create an inspirational oracle deck based off of that Empath framework that I'm building. So you yeah, just got me really excited. Really cool. Yeah. Dude, do it and yeah. just keep me on the list so Absolutely. I can be the first. To do yes. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> so my last question for you um, is, you know, obviously, like I told you, you know, the the mm-hmm. whole basis of this show is really trying to um, let other diabetics know that one, they're not alone yeah. and that we can still live full lives without mm-hmm. our diagnosis being so dampering and so hindering to us. And so I, I really wanted to have you on because I wanted to speak to those people who are scared or nervous. And, and you know, again, I'm super very much a proponent of like if it starts in your head and your heart, if you can get those two aligned and in the same place, yeah. then everything else can kind of flow. So I'd like to know for other empaths, you know, diabetic empaths who are out there and they're, you know, either overwhelmed with the emotions or they don't even really know that they're that tapped in. You know, what advice or what would be one piece of advice would you give to, you know, those like us living with a diagnosis like that? And how do we, you know, channel that overwhelming energy into something positive um, so that we can like turn our health around? Absolutely. So for people that are dealing with this struggle, first of all, I'm sorry that you're dealing with it. And second of all, I want you to see that the suffering and the pain you have not is not a weakness. It's actually a open opportunity for you to build up this intimate connection that you can have, connecting with other people that are going through with what you're going through. Connection, human connection is so important. And that is the pinnacle of what being an empath is, where you can feel another person's emotion, but using that as a tool where you can tap in, inspire them, create hope when there's a lot of pain. 
Because the reason why pain even exists is it's that open door on spiritual growth. It's like, how do we Mm. overcome this pain? Because if you can overcome it, this world is full of pain. This world is so full of suffering, but it's that also that connection point. If you can see that and you can hone in on that pain and transform it into something that's beautifully productive and use Mm -hmm. that as a way to connect with other people, like, Hey, I know what you're going through and I mean it. I, I feel the pain. I know it. And there is something on the other side. Do not lose hope. Pain can be the most hopeful thing that you can have. It can be a source of great spiritual strength because it can inspire people to trust you and connect with you if you use it in the right way. Right. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's definitely something that um, is a reminder, you know, at least for myself. And I hope anybody else listening really understands that is like, you know, struggle is power. You know, it, it's it's that level up, you know, for, for the gamers yeah. out there, you know, whenever you're you're on the grind in yeah. the game or whatever, you know, you have to to go through so many levels or so many quests or whatever, and then you got to fight the big boss. Mm-hmm. And only until you fight the big boss are you able to get the rewards of that and be able to be more powerful and move over, mm-hmm. you know, into the next thing. And so that's something that I, I struggled with, you know, even trying to create this platform is you know, the intention was there when it first happened and then yeah. shit got weird. And it was just like, okay, this isn't what I'm meant to do, but it just kept coming back up mm-hmm. and coming back up. And I'm just like, if I don't get this right with myself, how, how could I ever help others? Yeah. And if I, you know, even in my work life, my thought was even in leadership, if I can't get in the trenches and get my hands dirty to understand what the people I'm leading is going through, then of course I don't expect you to respect me or, you know, really want to take after me because Mm -hmm. I have no clue what your job is, you know? And I think we see that in corporate all the time is leaders not really investing in their people truly to understand what they're going through, Uh, especially in customer service and customer service. Everybody (laughs) in the company needs to go through that role at least once in their onboarding because it's so hard. You know, you get, you get the brunt of everything. Um, but, you know, the only way to really propel forward is to accept it, you know, for one, I think it took me about two and a half years to truly accept my diagnosis and like, yeah. okay, I really need to do something about this because if I continue on like this, although I don't really feel much or see much, um, you know, that could be me getting my foot amputated or that could be me having to go on dialysis or all these things mm-hmm. that really can creep up from, you know, um, negligence in that. Yeah. And so, um, I'm, I'm honestly grateful for my diagnosis and I know that sounds crazy, uh, but I've heard other people say that, but you know, it really took me doing some really deep work on myself of understanding, like if I never came into this diagnosis, the things that took place afterwards probably never would have happened. Yeah. I probably would have stayed in that toxic relationship that I was in. I probably never would have reconnected with my partner who I met when I was 16 and never thought that we would be to this point now. I probably would never even have a business. Yeah. This whole business was started simply because I looked around and no one else, you know, had the same thing to deal with. And so um, thank you for that. Cause that's, I, I hope that really does help somebody and know that like mm-hmm. it's okay and it's not the end of the world and, you know, lean into that and, and accept it and, you know, be willing to, move forward and connect with others who, um, you never know who might need to hear from you, Yeah, you know? So absolutely. And thank you. You're such an inspiration for creating this platform and helping people, you know, like you're showing up in such a huge way and stepping into your calling. So I commend you, you're doing beautiful work and keep it up. Thank you. Yeah. No, I will. Um, well, I really appreciate your time and just all of the wisdom that you've dropped today. Um, again, the minute that I was able to really uh, sit down and chat with you. Like, I was like, you have to be on the show. You just have to. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> because you. I'm honored. I really want people to understand that, like, you know, it, it really starts with your heart and your mind. Yeah. Um, and that by taking those steps into doing that inner work, you really can just blossom into greatness. Um, and that's what I want everybody to do. Um, so if people want to get in on this archetype quiz yeah. with the future card decks coming soon, 
yeah. sometime <laughs> and if they just want to get to know you in general, sure. uh, how can they find you? How can they connect with you? How can they work with you? All the things. Sure. So everything that you ever want to know in terms of my services, I do provide birth chart readings and life coaching guidance on us in path level. So you can find that on my website, michellesaya.com. Saya is spelled S-A-Y-A. And you can also find me, chat with me on Instagram. I'm most active there. So that's Michelle and then underscore Saya, S-A-Y-A. That's awesome. And uh, aren't you relaunching your site soon? I am relaunching my site on Halloween. Oh, that's uh, okay. It's it's connecting. So you got the workshop, you yep. got the shiny website. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's all making awesome. sense now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a plan there. There's a plan There's there. always a plan. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Michelle, thank you again. Um, you. would love to have you back anytime. So thank um you. she also has a podcast, y'all. So oh, yeah. make sure yes. that you go you listen. listen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <name your> show <laughs> again. Oh man. Yeah. Um it's been great. So we'll catch you guys next time and, you know, all the things. Take care of yourselves. Take care. Bye. All right. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Um, You know, again, Michelle is just such a bright and and positive light. And I appreciate um, all of the conversations that we've had, you know, even prior to the show. Um, They've always been super meaningful and has always given me something to think about. Um, and it kind of almost felt like a sign to just check in with myself too. Um, so again, make sure that you go find her, uh, follow her on Instagram, Facebook. Um, her podcast show is called the state of being. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, she's already got season one up and I know she's working hard on season two very soon. Um, but yeah, reach out to her and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. She um, she's just great. That That's really all I got. You know, you just meet those people and like, you want to say a bunch of words, but then you don't have the words anymore. Cause they just like leave you because you know, they just have such an amazing presence. So again, check her out, Michelle Saya, and I'll catch you guys next week, every Thursday. And you know where to find me, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube <laughs> until next time, guys.